Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinnie Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop in a spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened the Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be letting our light shine. Let's begin today in Psalm 112. In Psalm 112, beginning in the first verse, It says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endure forever. Under the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he sees desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness endure forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Verse 4 is very important. It says, Under the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. The days that we live in are days of darkness. We're living in strange times. But even though this is the case, it doesn't mean that we will have to stay in darkness. God will cause light to arise where there is no light. The first question that we must ask ourselves is who are the upright? The upright are the righteous. We today are righteous, not because of anything that we've done ourselves, but because of what Christ has done on our behalf. Isaiah 64 and 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Romans 3 and 10 tells us, There is none righteous, no, not one. We are righteous only because of what Christ has done. This makes our righteousness unique. It's a righteousness that comes with the benefits that Christ bought for us on Calvary. And this is a righteousness that lasts forever. Verse 3 said, And his righteousness endureth forever. This is because Christ lives forever, and our righteousness directly comes from him. The promise of light arising in the darkness, like many others in Scripture, is conditional. It's predicated on us being upright. Through Christ, we met the requirement, and the promise belongs to us, if we claim it in faith. This promise doesn't belong to those in the world. It's not for them. When they're surrounded by darkness, unless they look to Christ, they won't find light. We, on the other hand, have found the light. We've come to the light. And because of this, now we can live in the light. Let's go to Exodus chapter 10. In Exodus chapter 10, Beginning in the 21st verse, 
It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, neither rose any man from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord, only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Let your little ones also go with you. And Moses said, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings, that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Our cattle also shall go with us. There shall not a hoof be left behind. For therefore must we take to serve the Lord our God. And we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come thither. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. And Pharaoh said unto him, Get thee from me, take heed to thyself, see my face no more. For in that day thou seest my face, thou shalt die. When the plague of darkness came upon Egypt, it was such a thick darkness that it could be physically felt. There are some similarities between the plague of darkness and our own time. Today, the darkness is not only there, but it can be felt. This isn't just a temporary passing feeling. It stays with us. We look out at the world around us, and we can feel the darkness. We can feel it inwardly in our spirit. We'll see different things take place, and they won't sit right with us. This is part of using our discernment. We're able to discern when things are wrong or evil, and we're able to discern darkness for what it is. The darkness today is thick. It's all around us. It's in our face. And if we use our discernment, it's impossible not to notice. In Sodom and Gomorrah, where wickedness was prevalent and anarchy and lawlessness reigned, Lot could feel the darkness. He felt it inwardly. 2 Peter chapter 2 Verses 6-8 through eight tell us, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The word for vexed used here is katapaneo which means to exhaust by labor or suffering, to wear out, to overpower, to oppress. Fair's Greek lexicon says that it means to afflict or oppress with evils. This is why the devil uses darkness against us. The purpose of it is to afflict and to oppress us. He wants to wear us out. He's trying to overpower us. He wants us to give up and to stop fighting, but he won't succeed. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. It's important for us to understand what exactly we're referring to when we speak about darkness. When the plague of darkness came upon the land of Egypt, it was a literal darkness, a literal absence of light. But there's also a deeper meaning that could be found in Exodus chapter 10. The Hebrew word used here for darkness is also the same that is used in Psalm 112. It's kosek. It means misery, destruction, death, ignorance, sorrow, and wickedness. This gives us a deeper insight into darkness. This is what we see happening all around us. These things have even in some cases infiltrated the church. The devil has attempted to bring his devices into our territory. We find many Christians today who are miserable, sorrowful, oppressed, and worn out. And this is all because of darkness. These are the effects of it. This is what darkness will do if it's not fought against and rebuked. We now need to look at light and what specifically it is. 
Verse 23 is very important. It says, They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. But all the people of Israel had a light where they lived. The Hebrew word used for light is also the same as in Psalm 112. It's the word or. It means a light, illumination, or concrete luminary in every sense, including happiness. In the midst of the land of Egypt, consumed by thick darkness, there was the land of Goshen, where the Israelites lived, and with them there was light, and with them there was happiness. We always speak about joy, but it's not often that we talk about happiness. Joy is eternal, it's within you, and it doesn't change based on what's going on around you. Happiness, on the other hand, works very differently than joy. It's temporal, it doesn't last forever. The word happiness comes from an old English word, happenstances. It's based on outward circumstances and what's going on around us. This is clearly evident in everyday life. When things are going well, we're happy. But when things aren't going well, we become unhappy. Even with plagues going on all around them, even with Pharaoh hardening his heart towards them, they still had happiness in their dwellings. This shows us that not only does God want us to be joyful, but he also wants us to be happy. Many have the false impression that God doesn't care about our state of happiness, but this couldn't be further from the truth. God desires to see us be happy. Another important fact that we must make note of is that the definition of darkness had to do with misery and sorrow, while the definition of light had to do with happiness. It's easy to see the connection and the differences between these two. If we let him, God will take our misery and sorrow and give us happiness and joy in their place. The children of Israel in the land of Goshen were God's chosen people. We today are also a part of God's chosen people because we've been grafted into the tree of Abraham. This means that the same way that they had light in their dwellings in the midst of darkness, we'll have light in ours. And the same way that they were happy in the midst of darkness, we'll be happy too. We must ask ourselves, how do we then live in the light? The light doesn't follow us. The light is within us. And not only is it within us, we ourselves are the light. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 to 16, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and to give it light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. The Greek word used for light is phos which means light, a source of light, radiance. The concordance goes on to say that it means light, especially in terms of its results and what it manifests. In the New Testament, it is used the manifestation of God's self-existent life, divine illumination to reveal and impart life through Christ. This is part of who we are. We are the light of the world. If we are truly living in the light, we won't be able to hide it. It will naturally radiate throughout our entire being spirit, soul, and body. We need to understand our role in being the light of the world. We are like a light bulb. A light bulb has no power in and of itself to illuminate. A light bulb can't illuminate unless it's plugged into an electricity socket. We likewise have no power in and of ourselves to produce spiritual light. The only way that we can is by being plugged into the source. The light that we manifest and radiate outwardly comes out of our spirit because it's the deepest and most intimate part of our being. It's the part of us by which we speak to and hear from God. The light which originates in Him 
He places it within our spirit and irradiates throughout our soul and body outwardly. We are commanded to give light and to let our light shine forth. Giving and letting are both actions. We have to consciously make the decision to do so. We have to will to do so. When we are letting our light shine, we're giving life to others. Life is revealed and imparted through us by Christ. If we are willing to be used by God, He will shine His light through us and uses us as agents of change to push back the darkness. Light by nature dispels darkness, and our role likewise is to dispel the darkness in the world around us. Part of our role of being the light of the world is not only reading the Word of God, but also living it out day to day. Psalm 119 and verse 105 says, The Word is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. Light is inherent in the Word, and it radiates every time that it's read and lived. There is a reason for this. John 8 and 12 says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus is the personified word of God. Since Jesus is the light of the world, it means that same life-giving light is present in the word. This is why the word not only gives life, but also imparts divine revelation. These are part of the results and the effects of the light. Understanding Jesus as the light of the world may seem to contradict our understanding that we are the light of the world, but both are simultaneously true. These truths reinforce each other. When we became born again, we gave our lives to Jesus, and now our life belongs to Him, and He lives through us. Since this is the case, Jesus shines His light through us. So when light manifests through us, it's really the light of Christ that is manifesting. This is why shining our light changes things and dispels darkness. When we live the Word and meditate upon it, the Lord will write His Word upon our hearts. It will become a central part of who we are. When this happens, He infuses us with the light of the Word. Over time, this light operates and works within us, and our minds are renewed, and our actions and our behavior are changed to be in accordance with God's will. This is the reality of being a new creature in Christ Jesus. This is central to letting our light shine, because when we let it shine, people are seeing the effects of the Word of God active in our life. When we let our light shine, it affects other people. It can even change their lives. Many people around us are being oppressed by darkness in their lives, and we have the ability through Christ to give them light so that the darkness will leave. Matthew 5 and 16 told us, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Our light is seen by our good works as we live the word. The use of the word see in this verse gives us a deeper revelation of what exactly happens in a person's life when we shine our light. The Greek word for see is horeo. It means to see, to perceive, to attend to, to look upon, to experience, to discern, or to beware. Strong's Concordance goes on further to say that it means to see, often with metaphorical meaning, to see with the mind, to spiritually see to perceive with inward spiritual perception. This goes beyond natural sight and what was visibly seen. When we shine our light, it can affect a person's entire being, spirit, soul, and body. It changes their minds and their way of thinking, and it brings God to their remembrance. 
and it affects their spirit. Through their intuition and conscience, they inwardly perceive that they need in their life what we are demonstrating in ours, which calls them to action. The other purpose of letting our light shine is to glorify God. When it comes to our light, glorifying God is a two-way street. Through our good works and our living out of the word, God is glorified. It honors God when we live according to his will. In the same way, when others see our light shining, it causes them to glorify God. When they see our good works, they can begin to understand the goodness of God, because our light is the light of Christ. God desires to be glorified, and not only do we glorify him, but also those that see us also glorify him. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1, beginning in the 14th verse, it says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven, to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs, and for seasons, and for days and years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven, to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. On the fourth day, God created the sun, the moon, and the stars to give light upon the earth. Although we created the lights on this day, we also find light mentioned before this. Genesis chapter 1 verses 3 to 5 tell us, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. When Genesis speaks of the light of the sun and the moon and the stars, it is speaking of natural light, the light that we are able to naturally see and perceive. On the other hand, the light that is spoken of on the first day of creation is referring to spiritual light. It's the same Hebrew word that is used to describe the Shekinah glory of God. It is the spiritual light that radiates from God himself. Two examples of this are Psalm 89 and 15, which says, Blesses the people, that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. And also Psalm 104 and verse 2, which speaking of God says, Who coverest thyself with light, as with a garment, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain. This is the same Shekinah glory, the same light, that will be here when Christ comes back to rule and reign on the earth. Isaiah 60 and 19 says, The sun shall be no more thy light by day, Neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee, but the Lord shall be unto thee in everlasting light, and thy God thy glory. Revelation 21 verses 22 to 23 tell us, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did light in it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. This is the light that God has put within us today. This is the light of Christ. As we continue to live through these dark days, it becomes all the more pertinent that we not only understand the light, but that we also live in the light. We serve a God of light. 1 John 1 and 5 says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Even in the midst of darkness, we will have light and we will have happiness. 
When the darkness tries to creep its way into our lives, when we start to feel worn out and oppressed, when we start to feel sorrow and misery, we just need to remember that we have the light of Christ within us. We don't have to look for it somewhere else. It's already inside of us. We bring the light with us wherever we go. And once we know that the light is within us, we can allow the light to arise from out of our spirit and shine forth. When we do, the fruit will be seen in the way that we live. Psalm 112 and verse 4 said, Under the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Light will arise, but it starts with us. We have to make the choice to let our light shine. God desires to bring us out of darkness. He has given us an inheritance of light. Isaiah 58 and 8 says, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord, and we thank you that you have chosen us to be your vessels through which you shine your light out to the world around us. And Lord, today we answer that call to let our light shine forth so that those around us may see our good works and glorify your name. Lord, we desire to bring glory to your name, and we also desire for those around us to do the same. Lord, we see the darkness that has taken a hold of people's lives all around us. And Lord, we thank you that you have chosen us to bring light into those dark places in people's lives, so that the light of Christ may shine forth to them, and that it will come into their heart and into their mind and set them free forever. Lord, we want to see the darkness dispelled, and we thank you that you have allowed us to play a part in that. And Lord, we thank you that it will be evident in the way that we live our lives that we're letting our light shine. And we thank you for that freedom that you have given us. And Lord, we thank you that you have dispelled the darkness in our lives. Lord, we give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise for all these great things and all the great things that you are going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to let your light shine and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. Now, if you prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you were now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you'd like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you write a review from wherever listening to this podcast from. And if you follow and subscribe, so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.